what is going on everyone welcome to the rocky top times episode four where we talk about all things tennessee vols my name is sean my name is chase and today we got a good one obviously we got a new head coach josh heupel coming from central florida man that is <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute but <laughs> you know we're, we got a lot to talk about we're going to talk about josh heupel our thoughts and opinions how we got here as a fan base and then yeah we're also going to give an update on the basketball you know we had a big win over you know a pretty good well i mean they were good before they played us but a pretty decent yeah. kansas team so let's just jump right into it man josh heupel chase what are your what are your thoughts on this dude good move bad move undecided um give me everything what do you got yeah since it's been about a week since we've hired him it's you know we kind of settled in and we kind of figured out you know how we really got here um we it sounds like we hired we tried hiring some some other big time names that i mean i know when me and you were talking before before the the coaching search ended, we were like, who in the world is Josh Hyper? Whenever you know yep. it was coming down to, I know you didn't really have much information from him. All I knew is, you know, he was he was the head coach at Central Florida, and you know he's running a really good program. I mean, Central Florida is a super good program. I mean, they've been in, consistently in the top twenty five. Um, twenty eighteen, Scott Frost led him to the co national champions. <laughs> of um, course, <laughs> under, and then this is just something that you know. Coming from our athletic director, who came from Central Florida as well, um, I don't think anybody really expected him to hire his head coach uh, from his previous school. So I think that that was kind of a shock to to most people. Yeah. Um, so I think that that was that was more of you know we hired an AD to go get us somebody that was really a big time name, but under our circumstances, I don't I don't think that any big time name guy really wanted to come here. So also, also the AD hired a search firm, which yeah. is not cheap. <laughs> so, well, you know, quite a bit of fans upset about that. And, you know, yeah. I see their point. So, um, so are you, are you excited about this guy or are you kind of standing back? You know, what, what, what do we Yeah. Do so here? the, you know, my initial reaction to it was, it was kind of a mystery of who this guy was. And, and, you know, I was kind of, you know, as the Tennessee fan that I am, you know, we kind of expect, you know, Tennessee's a big brand name within within college athletics. So you're you're always wishing for that, you know, that big time head coach that's going to come here and save the program. But like we were just saying, under the circumstances of the investigation and, and all things considered, I mean, it's kind of it's hard to expect somebody that's a sitting uh, power five head coach to want to come into this mess. Um, so I think, you know, if, if a bunch of power five head coaches and coordinators uh, that they've said that have told us no, or, or, you know, we're maybe undecided. We were trying to move as quick as possible. If we're going to go into the power five, get someone that's a sitting head coach, someone that's had, you know, really good success as both an offensive coordinator and a head coach, then, you know, maybe it's, you know, one of our better options. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it was semi underwhelming, but after you, after you kind of go through and look at all his stats at, at previous schools, I think it's, you know, it's not a bad hire. And I think that, um, we'll have to, he'll have to show it on the field. Um, and really, uh, you know, just, just prove that, you know, his, 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 his offensive scheme and things like that were just not so good just because he was at a, you know, a group of five program and, and, uh, lower competition, but you know, you can only play who's on your schedule. So, um, he won a lot of those games and I think it's, I think time will tell for sure. 
that's really the only answer. Time is going to tell if this was a good hire, if this was a bad hire, you know, if this is going to make fans happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, time is definitely going to be the only answer, unfortunately for us impatient Vol fans. <laughs> so I felt 100% underwhelmed at the time of this announcement, at the time of the hire. We got, so we put up our Facebook poll. And there was a other category, and I mentioned, you know, if it's other, you know, spill it. What coach do you think it's going to be? Not a single person said Josh <laughs> Heupel. <laughs> I mean, not not a single one. Not and, even us. Not even no, us not, thinking this would happen. No. Well, I, I didn't hear Josh Heupel until the night before when it got leaked. And everyone, you know, oh, he's the leading candidate. I'm like, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> and then we figured out he's, you know, from UCF. And I'm like, oh, okay, well – you know, I don't know. Let's just wait until it's official. And then, sure enough, the next morning it was official. So I was definitely underwhelmed. I know that seems like a cop-out thing to say because, I mean, I think I speak for everybody who bleeds orange that we were underwhelmed. But it's true. You know, I I was very underwhelmed by this hire. I was everybody. I mean, I I know I try not to get involved with the media too much, but everybody was wanting, wanting, wanting them to go for a big, big hire because we have, you know, how many strikeouts have we done with this? I mean, yeah. ADs included. Since you know, I know, so, you know, five ADs, five head coaches. It's <laughs> it's getting to a breaking point here. I mean, honestly, the last couple of hires were probably a breaking point, but it, it was just very underwhelming, and I can totally see why the fan base is divided. I can 100% see – I mean, I could totally see why they might be mad or they might be optimistic. It's just kind of like a here we go again type situation. And, you know, I'm underwhelmed. Of course, I'm going to support the guy just like I supported Butch Jones, just like I supported Jeremy Pruitt. Until they give me a reason not to, I'm always going to be rooting for the head coach. So uh, underwhelmed is definitely my personal opinions on it. So. You know, we, we did some digging and everything, and there is reason to believe, you know, some yeah. to be optimistic about it, too. Let me give you a reason that you should be, um, I want to say optimistic, but cautiously optimistic, is, you know, this is this is not the t- typical Tennessee hire that we've seen, that we've seen in the last, you know, three or four coaching searches, you know. Pruitt, big-time defensive coordinator, came from Alabama. Everybody knew his name. He had just won the national championship. Uh, the hire before that, you know, Butch Jones had a you know a pretty successful career, uh, following behind some big time uh, head coaches himself, and kind of learning under Brian Kelly before he went to Notre Dame and and all those different schools there. So um, he was still a, a pretty hot name. He was kind of under the radar, but um, you know he came in with a bunch of cliches and and all this other kinds of stuff that you know that was just ended up being just driving everyone crazy. Uh, prior to that, yep. you had Derek Dooley, who was a, a really hot name with a you know a legendary father, and uh, I think that Heupel is is somebody that's going against the grain of what Tennessee would typically do. You know, we try to hire all these so-called elite recruiters um, to go with the staff around him, and you know, in return, we've had some really great recruiting classes, but none of them have really panned out. And then you look at Central Florida, and you're like, well, Josh Heupel. I mean, he's a a solid candidate, but, you know, under the circumstances, I don't think that he was really ever considered for any kind of big time job that was, that was open, especially for, you know, the South Carolina job that was open, the, the Auburn job that was open. And, 
and you know he probably never got a phone call I mean he even said that the night before Tennessee even contacted him you know it's just business as usual at UCF and, and you know that we hadn't even contacted him at that point so the one thing that I can say is you know this is going to be different and I think that that's good because obviously the last you know coaching searches haven't worked out the way that we've wanted them to yeah, I agree with that. It's definitely going to be different, and I, I just want to be clear. I'm going to support the guy, but that doesn't mean I'm bought in. You can yeah. 100% support, you know, this staff without saying, you know, oh, here we go, let's win a natty 12-0. You know, that's not what I'm doing here. I'm supporting him. I just want to, you know, eventually compete with the East in a couple years, yeah. you know. But absolutely, you know, you can 100% support these guys without buying in and, you know, Instead of saying feels like ninety eight every W yeah. against against Bowling Green just, or just wait till August and it's gonna be feeling like ninety eight oh, again. Oh, I know it, man. But <laughs> gotta love it. But yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna support this whole staff that he gets yeah. in, and and you know, I, I hope he's the guy. You know, I I hope you know. And if somebody said it, I mean, you see it all over the place. But if we're gonna lose, at least let's make it fun and you know score yeah. some points while we lose. Because <laughs> with Pruitt, you know, it, it was the most boring game plan zero halftime adjustment losses it was awful it's no wonder so many people are you know jumping ship so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see we're really really you know excited about the way he plays offense the way he does that and one thing i will say that i am excited about so danny white you know obviously he's a good ad and if there's one thing that this profession tells us it's that they're all trying to leave like their stamp of yeah. being remembered kind of like an immortality type thing and if him and josh heupel can finally turn this thing around and just get us competitive Legends. again yes they are going to go down in history for the duo that finally brought tennessee back to relevancy yeah. and you know i think that's what their goal is i think that's going to fuel that fire and i think they're hungry for that because i know we are yeah yeah, I mean, if there's if there's one thing that Josh Heupel definitely brings to the table, along with just coming from, you know, coming from UCF and and just having that long-standing relationship with with Danny White. So you know, there's a lot of questions within the athletic department that you know Josh Heupel is going to want to implement, and he's not going to have a problem going to Danny White and telling him, you know, this is what I need. Um, you know, if you if you're an AD and you're hiring somebody that you you know you just met last week for the for the first time. And you have to go into, you have to have those difficult conversations of what you need and what, what kind of facility upgrade you may need and, you know, any kind of discipline issues. I, you know, they've had those conversations for the last three years, and I think that that's going to be, you know, something that with the new administration at Tennessee, with a new athletic director, a brand-new head coach, essentially what's going to be a brand-new staff. I don't, I'm not sure if anybody's going to be retained at this point. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. So, you know, it's just a complete clean-out from what we've had um and this just a disaster in the last, you know, 10 years. So it's a brand new slate, brand new start. And I think that that's exactly what we're needing. I couldn't agree more. We just need a, you know, just straight start over. And I'm yeah. fine with that. And, you know, like I said, I really hope these guys can finally be the ones that turn us around. But honestly, with COVID going on and all these, but everybody hurting as far as budgets go, how cool is that that he can rely on Danny White like his homeboy and be yeah. like, you know, hey, you know, we're still renovating Neyland in a couple of years and we need the, this locker room, you know, whatever the case may be, 
He's yeah. not going to come to some guy or feel, you know, overwhelmed or anything like that or intimidated. He's got his good buddy that, you know, they've had a lot of success at, you know, Central Florida. So that's that's really cool to see. And that's got to be, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that's got to be one of the reasons why they both agreed to this. You know, I really think, you know, having that relationship with the AD is very important. So, yeah, and when, when Danny White had his press conference introducing Josh Heupel, they were asking him, you know, how quickly are you going to put together your staff? Who's going to be on it? Are you going to be able to, you know, spend? And, you know, Danny White was like, you know, Josh Heupel knows a lot more about football than I do, so I'm going to let him do that. It doesn't sound like there's going to be any kind of, you know, budget restriction during this time, so it sounds like he's going to, you know, kind of have, have the reins and, and kind of hire whoever he wants. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that, that, that that's the comfortability that, you know, that Danny White sees in, in Heupel that he's just going to let him, you know, kind of go get whoever he wants. Yeah, and that's cool to see. No micromanagement or yeah. anything like that. I kind of, as much as I love Fulmer, I feel like he kind of had a little bit of too much opinion on what Pruitt should do, what he shouldn't do, just because, you know, of what he did at UT and everything. So Yeah, he definitely had his stamp on the on the program. Yeah, and there's no doubt, in my opinion, I think the whole reason he took the AD job is to try and get that stamp we mentioned. You know, he wanted to be remembered mm-hmm. to guy that not only won a championship here, but brought us back, you know, yeah. to being relevant. And unfortunately, it didn't work out, but I definitely think that was one of the reasons. So it's cool to not have that tension there this time yeah. with two good buddies that have had success at Central Florida. So Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. So, who is Josh Heupel? What are we getting with this guy? We know he was really, really good. I mean, he was a formal, former national championship player at Oklahoma and runner-up for the Heisman. I mean, the dude has all kinds of awards. Uh, but, you know, who are we getting uh, as far as Josh Heupel? And we know he's really good at offense. But other than that, uh, yeah. give us some breakdown. Yeah, he was – I mean, like you said, he won all kinds of awards. He was, you know, the AP Player of the Year. He's a Walter Camp Award winner. Archie Griffin Award winner. He was a consensus All-American all in the 2000-2001 season. Uh, he's, he, you know, he's from Aberdeen, South Dakota. So I don't know if we've ever had anybody from our on our roster that's from South Dakota. So that's another big difference. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget about North and South Dakota all the time. Yeah, so never heard of Aberdeen, but hey, yeah. welcome. <laughs> hey, shout out to Aberdeen. <laughs> yeah, appreciate y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, other than that, I mean, he had a twenty and five record at Oklahoma, so he, you know he has a he has a track record of success from you know his playing days up to up to his head coaching career. Uh, he threw for seven thousand four hundred fifty six yards and fifty three touchdowns as a player. I think in his in his Heisman class, uh, whenever he he was runner up for that one, he was up against uh, Drew Brees, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, and uh, Chris Winkie, who Chris Win- Winkie actually ended up winning that one. Uh, it's oh, just God. crazy to see that he was in that group during that time. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think it just shows that, you know, whenever he's going on recruiting trips, when he goes into that living room for that recruit, that, you know, he's 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 been in their shoes and he knows exactly what the next steps to get to the, to get to the highest level are. I um, think that's going to be huge for yeah. recruiting. And people mention that as a concern, but he can go in there and he has these, rec- you know, all these yeah. records and awards and say, listen, I know what it takes to win. I was a Heisman finalist. I mean, uh, that that's really, really cool to sell, mm-hmm. and especially for, you know, a certain quarterback coming out of Tennessee, Ty Simpson. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, th- that that's really, really cool to see, and I think a lot of recruits are going to just love hearing that speech. Yeah. So, but, yeah. 
and we know he's an offensive-minded guy who brings an exciting brand of football. Uh, does he have all kinds of different lineups? Like, is he a spread-type guy? I don't really know. I haven't re- watched a lot of UCF. He's a – I don't know the exact, like, scheme that he uses, but he's – I know a lot of you – if I if I say that he's a run-first type of guy, uh, it's going to scare a lot of people away because, I mean, he, he scores, you know, tons <laughs> of points. He, he gets all kinds of yards. I think last year he had – you know, he was averaging over five, 300 yards passing, over 200 yards rushing with his with his guys at UCF. So, I think he's he's like a, I guess you could kind of consider it a spread offense, kind of like an air raid, but uh, well, not an air raid. Uh, he's nothing like you're going to see at like Mike Leach over at Mississippi State. It's nothing going to be like that. He's he's definitely going to try to run the ball. I think with our backs, you know, we we can't, we're missing a, a couple that are in the transfer portal and uh, going to other schools, but it's going to be a run first with, with a lot of good formations, a lot of miscommunication on the defense that, you know, it's going to draw some confusion. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, I think he's going to have a, with the, with the talent that we have on offense, you know, it's a lot of young talent, so they're going to have to learn, but that's, I think that's better. If, if you've got a head coach coming in, that's going to teach a new system, you know, he's only, they've only learned under Cheney for that one year. So I think that implementing a new offense will be better for for a lot of young guys that are going to be playing a lot. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely really cool. I, I'm excited. You know, we give Butch, you know, <laughs> we give him a hard time, but uh, you know, when the spread was working, you know, those two years where he won nine games, you know, it was it was pretty fun to watch. You know, I don't know if it'll be similar to it that. It was all Dobbs. Yeah, yeah, it was all Dobbs just scrambling for his life out there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, it, when it when the spread does work correctly, it's pretty cool to watch. So, yeah, it's fun. And so he played at Oklahoma as a player, and that's when his coaching career really got started as well as an assistant head coach and co-offensive coordinator. I think it was way back in the day from when I was in high school, from '06 to 2015, and during <laughs> that time. He, pl- he coached players like Sam Bradford and Jason White, who have both won the Heisman. You know how many Heisman winners Tennessee has? Zero. Zero. So this dude has coached two of them. He was almost a Heisman winner himself. Again, that's a huge recruiting pitch to people. And mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, if I was a kid in high school, that's got to get me pumped. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with – you know, with the with the quarterbacks that we have on the roster right now, and the Salter that we have coming in, I think he's going to be able to develop them and uh, you know have them playing at a really high level. You know, as quick as next year, I don't think that there's going to be a huge learning curve. I think that they're going to be able to you know perform in the offense. I don't, I don't think it's going to be too complicated, but you know we'll see how it goes. I I can't imagine that it's going to be you know something that's that's way beyond their their talent level since he's been doing it with. Something that shocked me whenever I was looking at UCF was that they've had four star, four four star recruits since 2010. Yet they're running this super high powered offenses, and and you know their their offenses are are better than the likes of you know Alabama and and all of those within the last few years. So it's just crazy to crazy to see that you know even with the so called not super talented players that that are coming out of the you know ranked in the top. 300 of the recruiting services that he's still bringing this this type of offense out and you know when we had a lot of good four and five star recruits last year we went three Three and seven seven. we lost to georgia state you know the year before you know it's it's just 
I don't know, man. Like it's almost uh, yes. I think recruiting is very important, but obviously after this past year, I mean, I'm ready to get someone who can coach these players up because how many mm-hmm. times have we seen these players, you know, just not live up to their potential at UT, and then they they go on to the league, Alvin Kamara, and then just light it up, you know. Like <laughs> yeah. I know Butch, you know, was the only person able to stop him. I know that's a running joke around here, but. You know, it's kind of true in a way. You know, I really hope that, you know, the way he develops players carries over to UT because I can't remember the last time we've had that happen. Yeah, it's pretty obvious that that what we were doing in the past, even when we're consistently getting, you know, top 15 recruiting classes, you know, none of them have panned out. You know, UCF is a group of five, you know, beating all these bigger time, you know, power five programs. I think they beat Auburn a few years ago in a bowl game. The Peach Bowl, um, you know, I think. Yeah. yeah, when Auburn has all kinds of four and five stars, and you know, um, UCF, like we've said, you know, three and below stars are, are the majority of their lineups. So, it's I think the results on the field is going to be the biggest recruiting draw for the bigger time players. Tennessee, for the most part, you know, we can consistently get get top twenty five classes just because you know we're we're such a brand name for a lot of kids. You know, the facilities are are top-notch, top 10 in the country. You know, we can sit 102,455 people in that stadium. Um, just the campus life, I mean, everything about it is just, you know, super attractive to, to incoming, you know, big-time football players. So I think that, you know, with the results on the field, we're going to recruit well. I know a lot of people are like, we need to hire super elite, you know, recruiters around him since he's coming from a group of five program. But you know, he's had some SEC experience. He's come from, you know, the offensive coordinator at Missouri. And uh, so, I mean, he has some of that experience. And then, you know, the coaches, I mean, they don't know. They they know how to recruit. It's not yeah. like they're, this is their first time ever having any kind of big-time job. Or, um, you know, UCF was about as big-time group of five that you can get. So I think that that's something that you could be a little skeptical on, but it's, I don't think it's anything to really worry about. And you mentioned that they beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl. And for everybody that was on the Lane train before Heupel got hired, I was one <laughs> of them. I, I would have loved to have Lane back. Yeah. But this dude beat Lane Kiffin's team bad. I'm, yeah. I mean, bad. Like, I'm talking 30, 40 points bad. I mean, they yeah. absolutely destroyed him. And I, I want to say it happened more than once, but I know at least for – I know, I know mm-hmm. for sure 100% he beat him once really, really bad. Yeah. So – to outscore and hold Lane Kiffin's team to like twenty something points, I think put, it was like, like fourteen points, seventeen, fourteen, 14 you, points. I think I, I think he won by like thirty. That's insane, man! Like that—that's yeah. really, really impressive. So, and you know, back to his coaching career. So he also was at Missouri for a little bit. Am I right? Yeah, for a year. So yes. Yeah, so, go ahead. So at so he went to. Right after Oklahoma, he was the offense coordinator at Utah State for a year, and then he left to go be the offense coordinator at Missouri. Um, this was like right when they first joined into the, uh, well, maybe a couple of years after they joined into the SEC, but they were still, still kind of making their way up. And at the time, Missouri's offense ranked 124th in total offense and, uh, in 2015, with a total offense of 280.9 yards per game. In 2016, whenever Heupel first came in, he led them to first in the SEC 
in total offense and 13th nationally with 500.5 yards. So 200 and um, was that 20 more yards per game on average. Um, and then in 2017, they ranked eight, eighth in the nation and averaged 502.2 yards per game uh, and also 14th in the country at 37.5 points per game. So obviously some pre- proven ex- proven success with you know, even in the SEC East when you got, you know, they were playing us at the time. I think they beat us like 50 to 13 or something like that. Yeah, with um, Drew Locke, I think. Yeah, Drew Locke. Yeah. You know, they were still playing the likes of, you know, of, of Florida's and Georgia's and whoever their crossover games were in the in the West. So, you know, he's, he's, had, he's played some big-time competition before we moved on to UCF. That's insane, man. I mean, yeah. an immediate impact at Missouri. I hope that carries over here. But man, immediate impact and almost a full, you know, full swing of direction. So, mm-hmm. uh, man, I, I would love, love, love to see that continue here at Tennessee. Yeah. But, uh, and that's another thing. People are gonna try and say, you know, he he's not proven enough. And but uh, you know, on, if we're just talking about offense and we're looking at all these stats, you know, at Missouri and Oklahoma and Central Florida, you know, it, it's pretty dang impressive. The more you look into it, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it just sounds like he's any area that, you know, he's been responsible for or he's had to get his hands on. He's done really, really well and has had a lot of success. And again, mm-hmm. Drew Locke, another quarterback, you know, in the NFL. So again, if you're a recruit, that's, that's just goals and dreams that you're hearing and yeah, hearing him developing yet another one, you know, at the coordinator position, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely shows his, you know, his ability to call plays, um, just just lead high-powered offenses, you know, develop Drew Locke. I'm not sure. I meant to look up, you know, how, how highly recruited Drew Locke was, but, you know, I feel like it wasn't he wasn't like a super highly recruited guy. Um, but to take him from, you know, whatever position he was recruiting and into a, a first-round pick, I believe, um, and now he's, you know, he's a starter in the NFL, so – just shows his his development and then uh, also you know how he can get you know his skill players into uh, positions to succeed which I feel like we've we've not had for the last few years is I feel like our offense has just been so stale and our you know our, our biggest playmakers were were never on the field together you know we never gave him we never get got them out to space to let them make plays so I think that that's where he is gonna you know really adjust this offense and and lead us to um, scoring a lot more. You know, it's, it's hard to win games when you're scoring 17 points, like we've said before. Um, you know, if we're scoring 30 points, I mean, you know, you always give you a chance when you can score, you know, 30. Yeah, I, I never understood the play calling last season, and I guess it ended up costing everybody their jobs along yeah. with their recruiting thing. But, man, like, we, we have some really fast receivers. You got Velas Jones, you got Jalen Hyatt, who runs like a – Four two. I mean, yeah. it's just insane to me. Like, just just throw a hill mary to Jalen Hyatt every time. You know? know, like Bailey's got an arm. So uh, I don't know. That's why I don't get paid the big bucks. But yeah. I, it just it just seemed like they didn't utilize like you just said. They, they didn't yeah. get their best players in the space. They didn't get them on the field. And honestly, dude, half the time these players just kind of look like they checked out mentally. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of glad. It's really hard for me to see if if Heibel didn't get hired. It's really hard for me to see Pert come back 
and try and sell to these guys, you know, all right, here yeah. we go. We're going to get this turned around. Like they were all checked out. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they were just ready to be done with the season. And it shows because after the season, you know, all of our, you know, Oklahoma took three of our best players. <laughs> so it's Knoxville, more, Oklahoma now. Uh, more to come, probably. So, yeah. I mean, their mascot is literally a bandwagon, but whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> under Heupel, so Central Florida, his most recent job, was the only team in the country to rank in the top five in total offense for the last three years. So, according to the internet, they averaged <laughs> at least 522 yards of total offense each of the last three years. Tennessee's average, 345.7 over the last three years. I think that's really skewed from... From like you know last year, whenever we had a semi-decent offense, but you know this <laughs> yeah. or not last year, the it's not this past season, but the season before we had the eight-game win streak. Yeah. yeah, we had a semi-decent offense going at, at some point during the season, but you know this year, I think we only averaged like three hundred yards per game. So you know, an extra two hundred twenty-two point seven yards is going to be pretty nice. Give yourself a better chance to score there. Yeah, and at least make it fun. You know, when you make football fun again, the players will play better. They will play harder, uh, and the fans will get into it. That's huge momentum. I know it's COVID, but, you know, the vaccine's going. Maybe this thing will be full house in the fall. I don't know. Oh, but that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, momentum is huge in college football, and I think that's another thing that hurt us this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the really boring play calling did too, but <laughs> – Man, like if you can just make it fun and exciting, the fans get into it. You see them on the sideline; like they're gonna get really excited for each other. They're gonna play harder. So, I I just hope that converts over and that energy, you know, is brought back to life. It's fun when the offense is fun. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard. I know a lot of people wanted some big time hire, but you know, at the same time, Heupel checks a lot of the boxes that we wanted. You know, he wasn't the power five head coach, but he was about as high in a group of five, like we said, uh, that you can get for a sitting head coach that's been there for, you know, he's been doing it for three years. He, you know, he's already learned the the beginning stages of being a head coach that, in which it didn't look like Prue ever really understood the, the CEO type of role, at yeah. least from what we could see from the outside. So, you know, Heupel has already learned all of that stuff. He's He's been a head coach for three years. He's been an offense coordinator for many years. Uh, he's done it at a really high level, so it's you know it's hard to it's hard to find a lot of things to where other than the big name he checks all the boxes. I, I mean I don't I don't know what else to get. If you really look into the stats and into the into what he's done over his career, it's it's hard to find something that you just don't like about him. You're you're exactly right, and that's where I kind of had to stop myself. Because yeah. whenever it was announced, I was like, oh, I'm just underwhelmed. But I was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. Like you said, he checked all the boxes. Proven head coach. He has a really, really good offensive history. So I was like, well, like this is kind of what I asked for in a way. you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but I will say I think I would rather have the boxes he checks than a big name. Because I, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like if a big name would come here, I, I feel like he might take another opportunity because he's a big I- name. <laughs> I feel like if, if we got a big name, it was because we offered him a big paycheck. Yes. I, with Heupel, I think that he's coming here for all the right reasons. Obviously, we have an investigation. Obviously, he's getting a raise. But, you know, he's 
I think he signed a, a five or six year deal for four million a year. So, you know, obviously he's getting a big raise from from what he had at UCF, but you wouldn't come here under investigation if you didn't believe in, you know, if you didn't believe that you could really transform what's going on here. You know, he, obviously yeah. he has a really good relationship with Danny White. He thinks that, you know, the future is bright for us. He thinks that, um, you know, the administration's, you know, buying into the vision of the future and, um, and obviously he wants to lead that. So you can't blame him for that. No. And I feel like the ones that are hungry, usually have usually tend to find success more i mean Mm -hmm. look at harbaugh do you think harbaugh went to michigan because he was hungry to win at michigan and (laughs) bring michigan back no that dude is loaded now i mean he was loaded (laughs) before but you know i don't know i i just feel like i'd rather have that drive and that hunger yeah because i think players are going to buy into it recruits are going to buy into it and i mean at least he has more head coaching experience than Pruitt did before he got the job. Yeah. And Pruitt was a heck of a recruiter, obviously, but, you know, it's more than just recruiting. It really is. And mm-hmm. you're right. He never got in touch with the CEO head coaching job. I think his hands were all over the place. I think he was handcuffing Cheney, and I think he wanted to try and – I mean, he I, during that Auburn upset, you could hear him on the sideline, like on the YouTube highlights. He was, like, trying to call defensive plays and everything. I'm like, man, you're paying Ansley a million dollars. Just why? Why? So, but I, I definitely think he's going to bring some life to this offense and everything. So, yeah. it'll be exciting to see. And his overall record, you want to go over that? Yeah, sure. So, he was he was 28 and 8 as at his overall record at UCF. Uh, his first, first year, I think he went 13 and 0, which was the year that he beat Auburn in that bowl game. Um a really good Auburn team. I think they were ranked like either like right at number 10 or they were like number 11 or something like that. But they, they beat him yeah. in that bowl game. So a lot of momentum going into the next year. Kind of dropped off a little bit. I think they lost their defensive coordinator. It sounds like defense has kind of been the the biggest uh, drawback from, you know, his time at UCF. Yeah. Uh, I think he went 10-3 and three in his second year and then was 6-4. and four, I think 6-4 and four is right. 6-4, and 6-5 yeah. and five or something like that this past year. So, um, Go ahead. I was just going to say that I hear a lot of negavols out there saying he's, he's gotten worse each year. And I'm like, this past year that he went 6-4, and four, they had like 10 opt-outs on the team. And they lost a lot. A lot of starters were gone. And. I don't know. And I mean, I know COVID affected everybody, but mm-hmm. you have 10 opt outs and a lot of them are starters, you know, in that, in that league where, I mean, I'm sure central Florida was really good. We've seen the results, but I don't know if they have good depth. And when you lose that many people, you know, that the jump from the starter to the second string could be huge, especially, yeah. you know, in that type of conference and in that type of smaller school. Yeah, it's hard. It's you know, obviously, I didn't pay much attention to UCF last year. I know they're playing in a, a really good American Athletic Conference, I believe is what it's called, the AAC. But you know, they got Cincinnati in there, who was a top ten team all year. Sounds like Tulsa always gave Hypel some trouble. He always lost to them by like a field goal for some reason. I think every the last two years. So that's going to be know, us some in other, Florida now. <laughs> it better not be. It better be Florida, Bama, Georgia every year. Florida. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, he's you know he's had some really good years, and even last year, whenever his uh, 
when his record wasn't as good. His offense, I, th- I, I think he was either still first or second in the league in, in offense. Well, obviously because he was he's the only coach in the last five years or three years to have uh, be in top five of the offense or whatever stat that was. Um, but yeah, I mean, his he's proven everywhere he's gone that, that his offense is going to translate to wherever he's going. So, um, you can you can tell that by his by the average score just by Pruitt. I know a lot of people have c- compared him to to Pruitt in some ways, but um, sixteen of Pruitt's nineteen losses were by double digits, while only one loss for Heupel was by double digits, and that was against BYU in this past bowl game with a with a top five pick at QB and Zach Wilson at BYU. So it's kind of understandable there with a lot of opt outs and, and some injured players there at the end. So. Yeah, and I, I'm not worried about his record being six and four after yeah. looking into it. They were all, I mean, for the most part, they were all pretty close. I know a loss is a loss at the end of the day, but still, I mean, when you're getting blown out, you said 16 of Pruitt's 19 losses were double yeah. digits. I mean, that yeah. <laughs> and eight of nine losses against Georgia, Florida, and Bama. Yeah, the three games that the fan base was going to yeah. judge him on, according to Fulmer, and it's true. And, you yeah. know, you, you got to get one of those upsets or at least be competitive. I I'll, I mean, the worst part is we were competitive, you know, in at least a half. But just yeah. the lack of adjustments in that second mm-hmm. half every time, just the same old stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I can see it, that's bad. <laughs> like, if yeah. I can tell what we're about to do, that's bad. So <laughs> Run, run, pass. Run, yeah, run, run, pass. run, pass. Run, 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 run pass. pass. Uh, and then yell at them and on the sideline yep. <laughs> for different results. Kick a whiteboard or something. Exactly. So, man, so just that that's really, really impressive in my opinion, just seeing all the offensive stats and all of his experience as a player and a coach. Um, I'm pretty excited about our offense. I will say, of course, you know, defense worries me, but mm-hmm. he's going to have to – get a really, really good defensive coordinator or at least somebody he really trusts. So we'll see. But, man, if, if he can get a good defensive coordinator, I was hoping still would hang around, but it's not looking likely. But if uh, if he can get a really, really good defensive plan and good position groups and, you know, a couple of recruiting people coming in, he this has potential, man. It, it really does. Yeah, nothing about his offense worries me at all. Um, no. Seeing the decline in his defense at UCF kind of worries me, but um, I think they had Randy Shannon as the defense coordinator who was a head coach for a while. But, yeah, I think he has to get so-called head coach at on the defensive side in some kind of defensive coordinator position that's just going to take over the defense while, while Heupel calls plays on offense and, and runs that on his own. So, Hopefully he, uh, I think he knows to kind of stay out of the defense, hopefully. I know you always have your hand on, on the defense in some way just because you're the head coach, but not necessarily like Pruitt was seemingly with the offense um, in which he had no business doing anything to Cheney on that end. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the only thing that really worries me about him is just the defense and, you know, who he's going to hire, who – who's going to come in with the defensive coordinator as assistant coaches and, and, you know, where we go from there. So do we have any rumors or any confirmation on any defensive coordinator candidates or anything like that? Not really. A lot of people yeah. have been saying uh, Will Muschamp 
previous head coach at South Carolina. I, I know he he just I would too. He's super good defensive coordinator, not so good of a head coach so far. No, no. Um, he's had you know he's a super good recruiter, um, has a good track record of defenses that have just been really good. So um, wouldn't be surprised to hear his name kind of come around. There was another one. I'm for, I'm just losing his name, but he's the Mississippi State coordinator. He's a, he's kind of up and coming defensive coordinator that's supposed to be really 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 good. Someone with with this type of offense that's more of a hurry up offense and, and uh, with not a lot of time spent on offense but scoring a lot of points you have to have a specific defensive coordinator that can teach the defense um, that you're going to be on the field for you know more time than than usual so I think that that's going to be kind of a, a specialty kind of higher defensive coordinator that we're going to have to um, kind of choose wisely yeah and you know back to Mustham. He as bad as he was at South Carolina, I mean, he was still bringing in five-star recruits like nothing. So yeah. that that's just crazy to me. Obviously, he can relate to players well, but I, I would love to have him, you know, as a defense defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. He he is really really good, and you know, I, I yeah. think that Florida experience and now the South Carolina, I think it kind of humbled him. I, I don't see the same type of dude i mean of course of course we all have our moments but you know i, I think it really really humbled him a little bit so but yeah i would be yeah, i would be a little surprised if he came just i think his his son's like a walk-on quarterback at georgia and i think he i don't know if he's like accepted a contract to be like an off the field assistant kind of like butch was at uh, at alabama i don't know if he's like accepted a position position like that um, there, but it sounds like he's leaning towards that way. I know he was he was uh, rumored to be the next defensive coordinator at Texas when Sarkeesian just went over there, but that never panned out. It sounded like he kind of told him that he wasn't interested, so I'm not sure if he would be interested in our position. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So ho- hopefully we, we can get somebody good in and – can yeah. develop and again i don't think this has to be a big name but it has to work regardless you gotta get a good defensive coordinator if you know what you're known for is offense you just have to it's just common yeah. sense at this point yeah so i completely um, agree anything else you want to touch on with heifel before we shift gears here um i think that there's there's a lot to be happy about there's a lot to be skeptical about but i think that there's more good so far that we've found than bad. I mean, he yeah. sounds like he's just he's just going to be the guy that's going to be the football coach. You know, he's he was good in his press conference. He's been good ever since at the basketball game. He was he was kind of giving a little pep talk during the after the first media timeout today during the the uh, Kansas Tennessee game, and it was it was a good speech of just you know everybody buying in and you know just being a big family. So I think that that, that will be good. Uh, for all the fans to kind of buy in and, you know, hopefully, you know, rally around and, and support everybody. Yeah, you know, I, I really like that him and both Danny White, they, they've both been really preaching about staying positive, even if you're a fan, you know, fan, mm-hmm. administration, anybody associated with UT. It was really cool to see them preach that positive vibe. And my one of my big takeaways from Hypel was during his opening press conference, that he was really selling the whole family atmosphere. And he was, somebody asked him, I can't remember which insider it was, but they asked him, you know, what do you tell these, 
what do you tell your current roster to those are, that are thinking about leaving or transferring? And he said, J- just give us a chance, you know, because we're all family here. Just give us a shot. Work hard. Have fun. But, you know, we're all family here. And that that was yeah. really, really cool to see and hear. And I, I don't know. His his speech today against the against Kansas at the basketball game was really cool. I liked it. You know, I, yeah. I didn't think it was cheesy. I think he spoke from the heart. I really liked it. I, I thought it was cool. So, mm-hmm. uh, and he, of course, all the fans went crazy and everything. All twenty, all of three thousand of them. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it was really cool. And I don't know why, but the more this sits with me, you know, I'm not trying to buy in or anything, but I'm supporting <laughs> him. But the more this sits with me, the more right that this feels for Tennessee at this time. You know, maybe he's just the guy we need right now. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. It's just a gut feeling I have. So, well, it's just it, it's just different. It's against what we're yes. we're typically. I think if you're an actual Tennessee fan and you're not just somebody that's, you know, just a. I don't even know what you call them, but fair weather fan or whatever you want to call it. You know, if you're one of those and you just believe Tennessee's, you know, been dominant for the last ten years for some reason, and you know we should still be able to get. Why aren't we offering somebody $15 million a year when Nick Saban's only making nine? You know, those are the kinds of people that, you know, shouldn't be making the decisions, but they're the ones sitting behind the keyboard saying, you know, this was a terrible hire because we could have done so, so, so much better. But in reality, if there was somebody out there that that wanted this job, Danny White would have, would have found him. So this is the guy we got. This is the only guy we're going to have for the next few years. So you might as well buy in now and, well, not necessarily buy him, but, you know, give it a chance. and, and Support. Uh, yeah, I mean, put some people in the stands if, if we can next year and, you know, rally around him and see if we can get some, some good players in here for him. And um, I, I think it's going to be a, a pretty fun offense to watch and hopefully the defense can come around and, you know, a lot of these guys are young, but I think we have some talent. Yeah, it's always easy to troll behind the keyboard, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's easy and entertaining. So, <laughs> But let's talk about basketball. Um, yeah. Kansas, Kansas came to town tonight. Uh, it was, you know, a top 20 matchup. They I bet were they wish they did now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so at the time, uh, they were 16 in the nation. We were 18. Uh, everything was everything. If you're a Tennessee fan, everything was great. Um, yep. They, they looked like the Tennessee earlier in the season. The defense was really good. Kansas looked uncomfortable the yeah. entire match. I, I, I mean, they, they looked, they almost looked scared sometimes uh, when they were on offense. And I, I don't know, you can tell mentally we got to them. And yeah. it was so cool to see. And it was such a dominating performance. Uh, Barnes has proven once again that he knows what he's doing with these guys. You know, we'll, we'll go over the final score is 80 to 61. But what are your opening thoughts on, about this game? Going into the game, I was pretty worried about it, just considering, you know, Kansas big-time brand-name basketball. You know, they played a, played not too great lately, just kind of like us. Um, but, I mean, we came out, you know, guns blazing, and I think we shot over 50% from the floor and then over 60% from the three-point line. So it was a completely different offense than what we've seen. You know, the last, I think we've lost two of the last three games. Um, you know, we've scored like 50 points in all of them, and then we come out and 
score 80 against a Kansas team that's that's a pretty good team but they they're kind of lacking this year in some some areas but um, still a really good team and it's kind of a shocking performance to be honest for me yeah I mean I'm not gonna complain either that was that was awesome and yeah Yeah. you're right I'm I'm always worried in any sport because I'm a freaking Tennessee fan I was so (laughs) worried even even at the halftime I was like they're gonna come back and get like a 40 point swing yeah but man it, it was really really cool to see and yeah so that three point stat the first half we had we only missed two threes that whole first half and one of them was because it was like at the literally the last shot of the half like oh, yeah. they just put it up in the air but yeah but i mean that lights out from the three point line pawns played so good on defense mm-hmm. as always but that little step back he had from the three yeah. when he when he's confident he's just dominant on both sides of the ball he he yeah. really is so yeah, Ponds had 17 points. I think uh, Springer had 13, Fulke, and uh, Victor Bailey Jr. had 11 points. I think uh, Josiah Jordan-James had 9 points, 10 rebounds, so or 11 rebounds, I think. Uh, so he just needed one more point to get a double-double. But he didn't start this game, which was uh, something that he's done every other game this time. It was the first game that Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson have started the game um, together. They both started games, but but not together so far. So it was Santiago Vescovi, uh, Jaden Springer, Keon Johnson, Pons, and uh, Fulkerson. So I think that's a lineup that you may see going forward with uh, with uh, Josiah Jordan James coming off the bench, him and him and uh, Victor Bailey, which provides us some you know some good points off the bench and some good rebounds and and uh, I think really good players coming off the bench right now. Springer is so physical. I mean, when yeah. he goes to the basket, and he made an and one, you know, earlier in the mm-hmm. first half, and it was just he got hit like two or three times, and he got his own yeah. rebound. Uh, I mean, he, he is just so physical, and he doesn't really look like it. But when he when he's taking a drive or yeah. trying to get a shot off, he is just so physical. It, it's when I when we talk about Keon Johnson and and Springer, you know, it makes me sad that college basketball players can go pro after just one, one season. Year. I know, but they're they're just so fun. And I will say, we we dominated them eighty to sixty one, but we had a lot of turnovers too. So I mean, I said this in another episode, but we are far from playing our perfect game, and it's scary to imagine if you know we take away some of those turnovers, we hit a couple more of those buckets. Uh, this team can be very very dangerous. Yeah, I hope it's not a team that plays to their competition kind of like football has been for the last few years um if it is and that kind of scares me going forward uh, maybe we need to we need to play like this if we can I know that this offensive performance is probably not going to happen every game it I mean it hasn't we played this this good against Missouri our very first conference game and you know we beat them pretty good too but it sounds yeah. like it's a once in a a few week kind of game so Hopefully, going forward, this can kind of build us some momentum, and uh, we can continue it with our with our upcoming games. So, when's our next game? Do you know at the top of your head? I, at the top of my head, I do not. Okay, but man, I, I'm just excited to see this team continue moving forward. It feels like we kind of got out of that funk, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, we had you know it started with that Florida beatdown. I mean, good, good that was lord. A bad one. I know, and of course, the commentators kept talking about it. You know, they were saying it in a positive way, but you yeah. know, 
Yeah. <laughs> as positive they, as you can for that. Exactly. 30 but point they, loss. They, yeah. But they, they, they just look like the early Tennessee team that we all were seeing early in the season and all the preseason talk. They look like they were living the part tonight. And Fulkerson kind of looked a little bit more confident tonight. You know, I kind of feel like he's kind of hesitant about when he should be dominant or should he pass it off. He, he kind of looked like himself a little yeah. bit tonight. So it, it was mm-hmm. cool to see. I saw him shoot that hook shot. So um, I, I feel All like right. they so, got schedule coming up. Ole Miss on Tuesday. At home? Big yeah, one Miss. next Saturday. ESPN primetime, 8 o'clock, Kentucky at Rupp Arena. So. Big time one next game, uh, or not next game, but next Saturday, big time ESPN game uh, yeah. against Kentucky. No, they've been struggling a little bit, like we've said previously in the, in the previous episode, but um, you know they're going to play their best game next Saturday against us. So look forward to that one. Then we have a following week is just uh, Florida and LSU. So I think the worst part about tonight watching the game <clears throat> is having to hear Dick Vitale commentate. But I actually like Dick Vitale. His his voice just gets me sometimes. Like if I seriously saw Dickie V walking around Knoxville, I would totally walk up to yeah, walk up to him and say, "Hey." But if I saw Technically Gary, Corso, right? Yeah, I actually don't mind Corso. I, Gary Danielson's the one I can't stand. Oh, yeah. So if I saw him walking around Knoxville, I would just turn around the other way and sprint. <laughs> but can't can't stand Gary. But I, I do like Dickie V. He he seems like a cool dude. I like him. Yeah, he's cool. So, well, do you have anything else we need to – any closing thoughts or anything like that? No, I think we've covered uh, covered why you should be excited. I know yes. you should have some doubts as well, but um, yes, <laughs> I think with, with everything that we've said here, and it's just – I think it's pretty clear that his offense is going to translate. And, you know, I think on the defensive side there is some, some skepticalness that you should um, you should have, and, and uh, I think we should be expecting a – defensive coordinator hire uh, soon so I think that, that should put depending on who it is should put some put some rest and hopefully uh, we can build on that and I think he's trying to pursue his offensive coordinator that was at Central Florida if I'm not mistaken but well, is going to be calling plays here and he was calling plays there I think yeah. technically his his uh, his tight ends coach I think Alex Golesh or Golish or something like that. He's a tight ends coach and he's he was the co offensive coordinator at UCF. So he's I think he's definitely gonna be coming with him. Some of the other coaches that were coming with him as well from UCF were the offensive line coach, Glenn Ellerby, um, the Golesh guy, the tight ends and uh co offense coordinator, Cody Burns, the wide receiver coach, Joey Hay Housel, uh, QB coach, and it looks like Matt Merritt the running back coach is going to be coming with him as well. So that pretty much fills out the offensive staff. I'm just still waiting on the defense to be filled out. If the, if he needs those guys to bring in a top five yeah. offense and have all those impressive stats, I'm on board. So yep, me too. welcome to Knoxville, Phyllis. Yep. So, well, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Rocky Top Times. Be sure to like us on Facebook. We're at the rocky top times and our twitter we got rocky top times 98 but uh, that's going to do it for this episode so until next time my name is sean my name is chase as always go Go balls. balls